Welcome back, everybody, to the motherfucking dope thoughts podcast. <coughs> um, honestly, that was probably the best way to start the podcast. We felt, um, if you guys haven't listened, we don't own that music. <laughs> there, you know, all that copyright bullshit. We don't want any beef. Nobody coming after us. It's not ours. <coughs> it was actually from Harry Hudson's um al- what debut album? Debut album. It's called Yesterday's Tomorrow Night. Uh, you're very very uh art deco i know um just um if you don't know about harry hudson he's actually signed to misfits which is jaden jaden smith's label um he's i think one of the first people first artists (laughs) signed to be signed under them yeah um the album's amazing he's kind of like an alternative like country rock rock pop yeah i don't even know it's a a mumford and son shit bro that's what it feels like when you listen to him honestly i love him honestly and it's so soulful and um what happened with him is that he had cancer and he was going to he thought he was going to die but he was cancer he was like in high school when Um, this happened and he's a he's a young artist yeah and what happened was is he beat it he actually beat it as you can hear from that and again like he had to accept certain things when he got that news, you know, and I, I basically the whole premise of today's episode is dealing with or just a conversation about death and dying. Yes, this is going to be that conversation that no one wants to have. You know, your parents might have talked to you about the birds and the bees, but did they talk to you about the afterlife? And it's you really know? cool because Harry Hudson's like the motif of his debut album is this conversation of death. You know, like you hear him go like, you know, all his songs have these corny things and love and all this other Mm -hmm. stuff. But um, his interludes, he's having conversations with different people and himself and all this stuff. And he's basically talking about his experiences of life or just Mm -hmm. or his experiences towards facing death. And um, for us, what what we recently just went through with grandma, um, we actually we're having this conversation for a prolonged period of time because <laughs> a and you can couple go into, years <laughs> yeah you, and you can go into detail a little bit more um smoky yeah. but like with us it wasn't just a conversation about death it was it was a conversation about dying and 
living with this person while they mm -hmm. transitioned and metamorphosized and went through this process and being there with that person and guiding them and making sure that they were comfortable. And it's difficult. It's not easy, um, especially like with me. This is someone I just met who touched my heart sincerely, you know, that I was able to take care of and cherish and make a bond with, you know, like I probably was like one of the only real black people that this lady <laughs> like interacted with, you know, and she like loved well, me. Not interacted with. I would say got that close with. Yeah. Though. You literally became like one of her grandchildren. Yeah. And I would say culturally that was like a I first was a, for her. Like I was a heathen. Grandma knew I was grandma's heathen. I had the fucking the gauges. I kept growing my hair out. I kept my beard coming out. And she kept yelling at me and kept telling me, don't do that. That's not what you're supposed but to do. But she still loved you. She still accepted <laughs> me, you know. And it was so one funny. of those things. And to see when I got there and to build that relationship with her and to see it turn to something else where, like, now I was the fatherly figure for her and taking care of her and making sure that she wasn't hurting herself. It was it was a different conversation. You know, it was it was very different in the house. Um, and like now that she's gone and everything, it's kind of one of those things. Like we we've we're still accepting it. You know, we're still going through the forty day process. You know, when she's still amongst us. But um, we thought that it was it was this conversation was needed to happen with a broader audience um, because we we feel that what's happening now is that people, we, we see a lot of the videos online, like people will repost some crazy shooting and a murder, you know, or talk about someone's death or memorialize and do all that stuff. But people aren't having an active conversation about how they want to be handled and dealt with when they through get, the transition yes through the transition to death yes exactly and the whole point of the conversation we want to have today and realize is that death isn't something that should be feared but more something that should be embraced because it's the end of the metamorphosis for us it's it, and it's the beginning to something else mm -hmm. and no matter what you believe fear of the unknown is not okay to just have fear you know like it's not okay to just be don't be scared like it's okay to be scared but don't don't have fear hold you back and i think in life a lot of us do like we we ultimately like fear is that one emotion that we don't know how to let go of and i'd say i don't even want to get into that yet because okay. that's just like like that i feel like you're gonna go on a whole different rant now yeah i agree but i i agree with your original intro about grandma and stuff and i just want to take a pause to say one um this might sound twisted but i am so fucking excited to have this conversation and to have this conversation with a broad audience i know that's probably like what the fuck is wrong with her? Why she want to talk about death, you weird goth bitch? And yes, you're right. But, you know, anime goth bitch for life. Yes. But, um, uh, but no, seriously, like, I, I really feel like this conversation is one that people want to avoid again, like you were saying, because of fear. But we have to have it. And that being said, we understand that this is a very heavy topic and for some people this is going to hit very close to home for some people you might not even want to talk about this and you're like nope i want to hang up and not listen to this episode 
but I I hope that you made it this far and that you're hearing this and that you stay through because we're just going to walk you through not just like the philosophical side of things and talking about it from that standpoint, but we're also going to talk you through things you should know, helpful tips, uh, what we went through to give you an idea of experience, you know? Um, and I think it's really important because there are certain things everybody should do um, for the sake of themselves and their loved ones before they before they go. And those are just some of the things we're going to talk about. So um, that being said, it was so crazy to go through that experience with grandma. But the thing was, was you kind of prepared for it to an extent because like you, you took a class in college. Yes. Focusing a, on this topic itself. Like you do have a minor in psychology, correct? Yes. Exactly. I know my woman, you know. <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> I, I know, know my woman, <laughs> but he had to double check. <laughs> um, so, but, but um, I snorted. <laughs> We you you guys already had an experience with grandma previously where she had the with the heart bypass surgery or something. She had a heart attack yes. and because of it, um, she had to have a I think it was either a double or a triple bypass. Yeah. Um, and but she was at this point eighty, so she was in her early eighties, I believe, and I think like eighty two something like that, eighty three, um, and so we were like that's it like you gotta understand at that age that's the average lifespan of somebody and she just suffered suffered like when she saw me i was wearing like i'll never forget this um i was in i was a junior in high school whatever fuck year that was 2010 yeah it was 2000 it had just been 2010 it was winter january i think and we were on school break and that's when she had the heart attack mm-hmm. and I was home mm-hmm. so I didn't have to miss school which is crazy and I was like I didn't even get anything out of this <laughs> fucking bastards <laughs> as a kid I ain't gonna find like you like yo I need yeah I understand yo listen I admit that that's a selfish thought yeah. but at fuck the, it here yeah. we are yeah <laughs> this is gonna be a very open conversation <laughs> balls deep whatever so I, you know, but the thing is, you had faith with grandma because she's a strong-willed, stubborn motherfucker. You have no so. idea. There was only one moment of doubt. There was only one, and that's what I'm about to tell you now. And it was, it was right after I had gone in to see her, and I was wearing a. <laughs> I'm such a fucking idiot. This was part of my goth face. I was wearing a a sweatshirt that had small skulls on it. But it was like a pattern. It was just dots. She saw me and she started screaming. What's the bugs? They're all over her. Help her. Help her. And she was hallucinating Mm. from my sweatshirt. So immediately I start stripping. I am taking my sweatshirt off and then she calms down. Then I'm fucking freezing. (laughs) And that's my karma. The fuck am I wearing that sweatshirt for in this time? Mm -hmm. Right? Um, But whatever. I learned. So... so so that and that moment I was so freaked out I went to the bathroom and I cried because I had never I had I had just never seen her like that so vulnerable and at that point she had developed uh, Bell's palsy so half her face was sunken she looked like Conway the machine yeah yeah she looked like a little white wrinkly uh, raisin version of Conway Conway sure (laughs) (laughs) with clouds for hair (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, I'm corny. Keep going. <laughs> nah, but he he do have bells balls. Um, so so I, this is just this is just me seeing her in a way that I had never seen her. So for me, this this was like a shockingly vulnerable moment. You're right. That ten years ago, uh, eleven years ago, whatever that was. Um, so then so then after that, it ended up that by the time I was going back to school, she was going into re- uh, rehabilitation. And uh, so we after school, I would just go um, to work. And then whatever days I didn't work, I was going to rehab to see her. Um, and I took some extra like days off and shit, I remember, which is a little weird. Um, <laughs> that was weird being 16 and being like, I need time off. <laughs> am I allowed that or am I child labor? Um, so, so that was interesting, but she ended up recovering and recovering to a point where, yo, I peeped it too. I'm saying I'm way too much. Sorry, y'all. I'm a little nervous. It's, it's just, it's weird to talk about it. Um, sorry. I did it again. I'm high. Just breathe. (laughs) Yeah. So basically, uh, grandma went to rehab when, when I went back to school and it was, it was crazy. She recovered. She recovered to the point where she was doing workouts at 93. You saw her when we were living together. We have videos and we have footage of this bitch doing fucking laps around the house, (laughs) up, down, weird shit, doing squats. Like, and that's one, two, one, two. Like grandma didn't stop until that last day, unfortunately, until, well, that last month. You know what, actually, thank you for saying that. She didn't stop until that time because I want to talk about the um, the the transition. So when you're dying of old age, for example, this isn't necessarily true for things like, um, what are they called? The, when organ failure for example okay are you talking about that photo we had saw yesterday yeah exactly okay so we had seen a hospital basically chart diagram this man had a ted talk and what he was talking about now was basically because of modern medicine what's happening is is like we like sudden death like that was a thing that people experienced or or people's mortality like with their age, as we all know, like people wouldn't live to a certain age, they would die young. Like because of medicine and everything in modern science, we've been able to kind of extend our life. Like that's no longer a problem. Right. So people aren't dying suddenly anymore. And um, terminated illnesses, we're starting to fail, find out cures to, you know, right. so like cancer, HIV, all these other things, diabetes, all or these at big least things. Th- ways to prolong them, if not cure them. Exactly. So you're able to live your fulfilled life and you don't die at a young age. And what's happening now is the two biggest issues, because people are living prolonged ages, but are not necessarily having the best dietary, you know, lifestyles. Mm-hmm. They aren't exercising and... Um, because of chemicals, because they have to take the the, con- the constant medication. Right. The two biggest things that are happening now are organ failure is the reason people are dying. And fertility. Frailty. Fra- frailty. Excuse me. I said fertility. Like people are getting fucking yeah. pregnant. Um, I mean, if an old bitch, <laughs> if an old bitch is getting pregnant at 80, she, she might die with that baby. I'm sorry. But yes. There's literally no way. I know. 
<laughs> um, but but yeah, but what's happening was it's, yes, frailty. So you're living to such an old age, like, and that's mm-hmm. what happened with grandma. Grandma lived to be 95, 96. Ninety six. Ninety six. And she, it got to a point where they could not do any more invasive stuff to her to prolong her life. You know, and yeah. like the more that they would do, it would harm her. So that's where this conversation came into place with us, where. It, we watched, you know, again, we saw her exercise. We saw her constantly do all these things. But we knew grandma was taking eight or nine medications multiple times Not a day. Not to mention her vitamins. The vitamins, you know, again, we talked about the bypass. So she grandma, had to have baby aspirin to thin out her blood because even after the double bypass, she had clot. It, ugh, it so, was a nightmare. So grandma just went through so many things. But she, again, she kept beating it. And it's one of those, we thought about it. We was like, was she really beating it? Because you're going to talk about the summary. Um, and what happens is, it's like from like the first week or days when someone is dying or they're starting to die, there are certain signs that they show even up to the last like months. Like, you know, like month, days, week. Like, mm-hmm. what is it? It's like, it's months, weeks, minutes, days. She's going to break the whole thing down. Yeah. Um, and we kind of felt that like her soul accepted the fact that she was going to die. We actually felt that way multiple years ago. We mm-hmm. thought when we had to take her into the nursing homes and, you know, rehab and all these things, where that's where we thought we were honestly going to lose her. But the medicine kept her motherfucking heart going. And with mm-hmm. that stubborn attitude and I that wonderful say, lady. I was about to say, it's it, of course the medicine played a part. Like, I'm not going to shit on that. Yeah. But... That bitch's resilience? Yes. She wanted, yo, she, she wanted, wanted to be here. She wanted to party. She, she wanted, wanted to see to her, her grandkids. Shit. She wanted to be, she wanted to be in charge. She wanted to keep living life. And it's the same thing, like, we all laugh and we feared, like, the Rockefellers, like, those evil motherfuckers that are trying to live forever and whatnot. But think about your grandma. <laughs> die fucking it, three heart replacements later. But think about your grandma. Your grandma, she got 18 grandkids. But they ain't got kids yet. She want to see them have kids, you know? They started having kids. No, not even. I'm just talking about. She just want to see all of them. But I'm talking about in general. Like, that's when, like, the humanistic aspect of us, like, we start to get selfish with modern medicine because we know it can keep pushing that limit. But, like, is it okay? Is it honestly okay? We can get into the philosophy of that. I think it, it, it isn't. Because what it's doing is it's prolonging our conversation instead of, and and essentially prolonging our fears instead of really dealing with it. If we dealt with it and we were able to work past and have modern medicine, great. We have plenty of time to learn within our lives and, and do good things with ourselves. That's awesome. Uh, also, unfortunately, that means you have more time as getting older, though. You don't have much more time within youth. And I think that's people's biggest misconception, right? Like whenever you think, oh, if we live longer, that means that there's plenty of time of youth and then there's plenty of time of old. Like, no, we're just finding more old stages. Like people didn't know that that's what you look like when you reach 90. And now we know that that's what 90 look like. And that's the thing, but the, the, but that's the shit. Like it goes back to one of my favorite movies, like The Fountain, and even now with oh, the taboo medicine movie. that people were doing, like people were trying to solve aging because as if, if it's so- a problem. But the thing is, if you solve aging, you can solve death, and some people don't want to die, and that's why some people are okay, or like oh, okay. cryogenic tab- chambers and shit. That you know, freezing their brains, or also even just Elon- the brain. 
Yeah. Oh, I didn't know people was into that. Some people got their just their brains frozen, and then you could put their brain in another body when they have the technology oh, ready. What body? Whatever Who body? New, whatever new bodies they have coming into place. Even the idea. Oh, hell no. The thing is, you have to think about Elon Musk is talking about a Neuralink. So that prime brain that you're talking about that is frozen, if you can put it in some way, attach it to something now that gives it the psyopsis and makes it feel like it's alive again, you cannot put that brain inside a program. And that nigga thinks he's in Grand Theft Auto 6. So that's what we have, <laughs> we have to think about, especially with augment reality. What? Like, that's where living forever will be a thing. And even us, that's like, crazy. like, we talk about, like, these previous, you know, people disappearing and, you know, we don't know where they are and their remnants. What if they did the same exact thing? And I don't, I'm just being oh. like, like, you know, like what if they came to a point where they have the technology where they can download and upload the soul into certain things and certain entities, right? you know, into nature, into rocks, into these, these monuments that we see. Why do we feel this energy and this charge? You know, why do just things like that? You know, like me being a spiritual person, this is the type of stuff that I, I, I think about and I hone to. And, um, I'm sorry. Talk to us about the nah, guidelines. No, you good. I have a lot of thoughts on you, uh, on what you just said, but there are a lot of high thoughts, so they're not going to make sense. That's <laughs> what we all got a lot of high, That's the whole point of the, com the, the conversation is high thoughts. Ooh. It's dope thoughts. It's dope thoughts. Uh, but basically, so the closest that we can get to mapping some sort of pattern, let's say, and this is not going to be the same for everybody, every this and then this is somewhat beautiful every birth every death every life is unique so you can't put every snowflake is different exactly and that's beautiful yeah every snowflake is unique yeah so you know take what i say as sort of like an idea so you don't freak out if you ever see it happening around you but don't necessarily take it as a blueprint if that makes sense and again, these are disclaimers. These are mm -hmm. notes that you have from classes you took from psychological studies that were yes. done by renowned like professors, things of that nature. Nurses, and doctors. A lot of the stuff comes straight from hospitals um, and nursing homes and hospice care centers and places of that nature. So a lot of this comes from science. This isn't coming from nowhere. Copy. So um, the summary of guidelines basically is one to three months is the furthest we can map it. If you're able to, three months is pretty impressive. We were, I would say for us, it was about two to three months that we were able to notice it was getting critical. Yeah, I agree. It was getting to the point where we were noticing a lot of these signs um, getting, getting concerning because we saw them happening, but this is when it became Boom. Yeah, yeah. And it sucks because that's the timeline of when we moved out of the apartment because of <laughs> yeah. the scares of COVID. Yeah, we thought we were like, if one of us accidentally gets it from going to work, we don't want to chance it with her. It's already scary enough. We want to make sure she has all the time with her family that she can get because that's what she wanted. So mm -hmm. we thought moving out was best. And then that's when the decline got. <laughs> but it was still we're very close by. So it worked out. Mm -hmm. um, but the signs are as such for one to three months withdrawal from the world and people decreased food intake increase in sleep going inside of self and that's more of like a mental right mm -hmm. you're you're introspecting and looking back on your life yeah. uh and less communication so to some people this may sound negative and i just want to go through them real quick withdrawal from the world and people that's essentially 
they've they've given themselves to the world already and this is such a personal time and something so personal and spiritual is happening that it it just it doesn't need the world it it just needs me time close time with family so it's not personal for that one decrease food intake a different type of energy is needed when you're transitioning your body is already going through the process of failing you and i hate to say that but on my grandmother's last leg there was kidney failure involved there was a lot of other issues where UTIs constantly it was yeah it didn't matter what what we did the medicine we gave her body just said and the medicine was too strong that's that's another thing even when we gave her baby doses like literally doses meant for a child is not worth it it was too much so and grandma's part of the reason why i'm fat right now literally she didn't want to eat the food so she'd sneak and pass us the food and force so feed us big all facts. the time and then if we didn't eat it she'd slap us and, and get mad and upset a- and get and then it's like okay we got to make her happy let me eat it exactly <sighs> like now we so, making excuses but yeah <laughs> you know what though <laughs> big facts um so so uh decreased food intake it, it's normal because the body doesn't need it right now the person needs to focus on using whatever energy they do have in them towards the transition and i've never been through it so i can't speak on what that's like but there are people who have talked about their experiences and you can find them online it should you be so inclined the next is increase in sleep it's pretty normal they tie tie it was a long life they sleepy it's okay just let them rest going the only thing that stinks with that though is a regular sleep pattern so they'll sleep for three hours wake up for a couple hours sleep for three hours wake up for a couple hours Be and that's throughout the night right so it can get irritating but if you can bear with them <laughs> bear with them going inside of self let them introspect again this is a very personal time for them and they're looking back on their lives they might feel so inclined to talk to you if you're quietly there being a presence yeah and, and that's what happened with us grandma mm-hmm. would read her bible a lot you mm-hmm. know a lot she would actually read the bible <laughs> all, the time. all the time she would just sit there and read her bible and it was it, again that was part of her like a religion spiritual belief and all that stuff so it was a constant daily thing that she did anyway but it was funny because like she would read her bible and immediately right after like she would have a flashback to some <laughs> to some shit in the third country and she would forget that we don't know the languages that grandma speaks lord and she would start talking to us in four different languages about memories about things and we would just have to sit there and listen and it was just it was amazing to see her just wake up sometimes and just be alive yeah. you know like as like much you as would she... look like it would look like she was going like it like the light would look like it was going out of her eyes and then she would talk out loud with us and and literally you're right it felt like she would like if inflate with life again yeah and i don't know you, how to say it and then it, she it was and crazy then when, and when she came back she would realize like she really appreciated um the time that people spent with her you know yeah. like that was one thing that was really cool, cool like as much as she was into herself and whatnot um she just she really did want to connect mm-hmm. and then it sucked even more with covid because people couldn't come over and everyone knew what was going through, what we were going through, and what she was going through. And it, it, again, we, you guys have such a big family, so <laughs> it, and it, it, it just sucks. It just, it, it, yeah, it was crazy. And in our small apartment, that was complicated. It was complicated. 
All right, so we go from one to three months but, to one to but two. There's one more. There's okay. one more that I want to quickly say, and that's less communication. So even though we just talked about they might talk a lot in terms of their stories and stuff like that, they might not tell you straight answers anymore. Like, what you want to eat? Meh, whatever. Meh. That's the lack of communication we're talking about. Uh, so just, just to give you a heads up, and that's just because they don't give a fuck no more. Just, I mean, what, what could be done? You know, long life of, of fucks given. <laughs> so then you're right. The next step is one to two weeks. Do you want to talk about these ones? No, you can go. Oh. Uh, the, these, so like the last one to two weeks of somebody's life, these are the signs that you might see. Disorienta- disorientation. So things like agitation, talking with the unseen, confusion, uh, picking at clothing. So if they're just sitting there, then they're very fussy, fussy. Grandma deadass took a titty out one day. Literally, we were all sitting together, and we and no and and the thing was, I was high and I was chilling, and I think I was laid out oh on the floor God, one day. That was so funny. And Shahane looks over, and Grandma had the whole titty just out hanging, and just didn't care, and got mad when they had to put her clothes back on. I will never forget that day. So my grandmother is the most most proper. She would never do anything like this. Never. It is 100% the dementia that was kicking in because of the last few weeks of her life. But we were all chilling. And I guess for whatever reason, she got a hot flash and she got very warm. So instead of taking off her jacket, she decided to unbutton her pajama blouse and just whoosh, (laughs) just free the today. And when we say titty, she only have the one. One titty. So that's why. This woman also survived breast cancer right before the heart attack. So again, this lady is just, yeah. just, just She's unkillable. She's a survivor. This lady, this, this bitch is a juggernaut. Hashtag Rasputin. Yeah, facts. <laughs> oh, I love her. So, uh, so, so these were all very normal. And she would get her very agitated uh at certain things for and whatever I, reason but it makes sense because we all talk about the grumpy old man and shit everybody yeah. know about the grumpy old man we see it in the cartoons and all that stuff again and i think it's a life of fucks given you just got no more fucks and you just Bleh, if yeah I you know agree. that's that's my personal opinion yeah and that's just after doing taxes <laughs> so i can <laughs> fucking imagine <laughs> So that's the disorientation. So that's all the mental stuff that's pretty much going on. Physically, you'll probably see a decreased blood pressure, pulse increase, and decrease. So rapid changes. Skin color changes. Hate to freak you out, but paling of the skin or bluing of the skin. um, Sometimes yellowing. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, the color will vary depending on your own skin tone, obviously, but discoloration is creepily normal increased perspiration in some respiratory irregularities that happened to grandma congestion that also happened she was suffering from pneumonia sleeping but responding so sleep talking in a way right like kind of in and out of sleep in a different realm or just not having full sleep so that was another uh-huh. thing that we experienced and i think we all have grandparents that go through that and we all have you seen your grandparents go through it where like they're just extremely restless and like they're trying to sleep and they can't really sleep 
you know, and like I, that's what kept happening. And that goes back to like the same thing before. So there's like this increase of sleep because she can't really sleep. Mm-hmm. And she's constantly trying to get comfortable when she just couldn't. And then plus all the aches and pains with her body and discomfort. Exactly. And then like, you're going to talk about one thing. The body temperature changes. Like we talked about the hot flashes being extremely cold and everything else. So we can't have the AC on and we can't have the window open. And we got to have blankets and, you know, all these things to make sure that she is okay. And it's just, you know, like sometimes like enough isn't enough. Mm-hmm. Uh so then that pretty much sums up physical with your commentary you you covered all of it actually and the next is the days to days to hours that are left in somebody's life these are some of the more dramatic signs that you may see but again these are very normal so if you encounter them you're not alone and if it freaks you out there's plenty of people who can help you and talk about those experiences this is another reason why we want to talk about death and dying today because we don't want anybody to feel alone like they can't seek out help when dealing with this because although it's scary we have to have these talks yes and it, and it, this talks and these seeing these symptoms actually bridge the gap to the like the grieving process of the metamorphosis You know, because like we as the humans who are left behind, you know, we have to now accept the fact that this person has transitioned, you know, and the thing is, is like, and that's another thing that we had to also look into more and introspect, you know, like, it's okay to be sad. And it's okay to acknowledge and go through these things and have these moments. But there comes a point when you have to step out of it. And you have to accept it. And then now allow this person to live out the rest of their existence until you meet them again you know and like that's what the whole grieving aspect of things are and like that's why we want to have this conversation because like yes some people are scarred you know like i know my mom don't doesn't deal with death well i don't know if it's ptsd i don't know if it's fear i don't know what it is but you know like if my mom went through this entire experience she would just keep it to herself Right. You know, but it's one of those things. It's okay to talk to other people who've had the same experience. Talk about your experience, <laughs> you know, and then kind of acknowledge that now this person is somewhere else until you're with them again. It's true. And my mother's the same way as yours. She's not going to talk about it. Yeah. So, but I feel like for people who feel comfortable enough and feel like they sh- they should or can, let's talk about it. But I feel like even if you don't talk about it per se openly, at least think about some of the concepts and be ready to have the conversations should they come up because it is important to know your own and your loved one's wishes. That, and I also believe, and this is just one point before you bring that up because I know we're already having like so (coughs) many just tangents, is I feel that there's, there's a lack in our education. You know, like we have sex education, we have environmental education. We talk about science. We do all these things. We want to know all about aspects mm. of life. Mm-hmm. But we don't have a conversation with our young about death. And, like, not in a bad way. Because even then, like, kids, they laugh, they mock, they do certain things and whatnot. But I'm talking about, like, like a real cultural conversation about this whole thing of death. You know, because, like, when I was a kid, again, like, same thing. Like, my, like we're talking about our parents. Like, I really feared it. Especially yeah. hearing statistics growing up where I grew up, the environment that I was in. Like, death, to me, it was as close as basically, like, honestly, I felt like 
more people die than hitting the lottery in the hood. And that's like a bet, you know what I'm saying? Like higher statistics. Yeah. So just knowing that reality, you know, like I had to accept it, you know, from a more negative perspective, more than a positive, embraceive, you know, kind of thing. And I feel like that conversation should be had at much a younger age so that when it happens later on in life, it doesn't scar you as much. And people are able to help the people who truly need it in that moment. Yeah. You know, and like instead of you, like you, like, yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about, honestly, no, real quick. That's, yeah. that's really important, and yeah. this is something else that I should say. One, one of the biggest issues with psychology, as somebody who took it as a minor, is that psychology is biased and oftentimes focuses only on Caucasian studies for the mind. So and it's not a bad thing. It's just not a one bad of, thing. Like look at look at philosophy. Look at all these things. It's like, also a very specific demographic, unfortunately. So yeah. we need to. So as much as you know, there's a push for um, mental health. Well, as much as yeah, exactly. There's a push for seeking mental health and taking care of your mental health in the black community right now, which I love. Like Charlemagne's pushing that right now and everything. I think that psychologists and I'm seeing it, so I'm proud of this. I think psychologists now need to bridge that gap as well. And I have seen uh, more minority psychologists and things coming about and doing great work. So I'm very proud of that as well. And I'm happy to say that. But there is work still yet to be done. And I just want that to be clear. So as well, when it comes to certain things, personal experiences and seeking out the different experiences people have had is critical. So I'm glad you did say what you said. Yeah. 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 Even though it's demographic related, but... It's very important. Yeah. So real quick, because I don't want to forget about it. The last days or hours of somebody's life, even though this might be a bit cringy for some, let's just know again, it's normal. Intensification of one to two weeks signs. So the the one to two weeks we literally just went through, if those become severe. So that's the disorientation, all the physical Mm -hmm. stuff, all Mm -hmm. that other symptoms. If those get worse, exactly, you'll you'll notice exactly, and you'll just start to think, okay, I can't ignore this anymore. Basically, Mm -hmm. which is what happened to us. We were like, okay, there's nothing you can do about it anymore. If you got eight blankets on, your pajamas, and you're shivering, and you're still cold, like bitch. If I cut the heat on anymore, we're gonna burn the motherfucking house down. Exactly, we were running around in underwear, basically. But again. These are these are normal signs, even if it's a little strange. Surge of energy. This is hilarious and dangerous. Because yes, <laughs> this woman would randomly get a surge of energy, run about the house, lose energy, and then be like stuck on the toilet. <laughs> literally, or go in the kitchen, start doing dishes she's not supposed to do, and literally be and then, stuck and, in the and sink. And does this silently silently by the way because it's not like we're not watching out for her but we still have to work so a hilarious woman so surges of energy but uh, or this is when mom is trying to do her daily stuff when we're not mm-hmm. there and we're at work and mom's like okay so my grandma's sleep i'm gonna go wash my face really quick two minutes she comes back grandma's doing some shit like it's little things like that that was constantly happening basically this this is i'm just gonna run through these quickly decrease in blood pressure eyes glassy teary half open irregular breathing uh stopping and starting up again restlessness or no activity purplish blotchy knees feet and hands 
and honestly uh, pulse weak and hard to find decreased urine output may wet or stool the bed so this is this is what we talked about decrease of, of bodily function and it's because your heart no longer is sending blood and oxygen to your limbs and the rest of your body and going back to like with the guy who we were talking about earlier I don't remember his name maybe I, I could look at it while you're talking mm-hmm. it goes back to the organ failure thing you can't hold yes. on to your piss yes. so you're peeing and shitting on yourself you or know again, like grandma kidney failure so exactly. she can't even um, get rid of the toxins which was what was giving her the dementia exactly so her dementia was actually from ironically that and while you look that up the last few minutes of somebody's life is very much so considered fish out of water breathing is uh they're breathing but they can't be weakened and that was that's something that i want to talk about because this talks about covid and i think it's kind of crazy having someone pass during covid because we took her to the hospital because we couldn't honestly humanely take care of her at home she originally wanted to pass at home with us but she was in so much pain because of the body aches that we were talking about and because all of those other things she needed morphine and she thought that it was a pill that they gave her so instead of like morphine drop obviously in the in the thing so she would go to the doctor and go small pill small pill and that was her way of saying like i just want a little bit more morphine so she had like enough in her to communicate that and then whenever uh whenever she didn't anymore Uh, and then we're talking about the the guy who we keep referencing when we keep talking about like the longevity and everything it was this ted talk that was called let's talk about dying and his name is he's a doctor peter saul it's a 13 minute video really good worth listening to honestly i thought it was excellent it was really good but um yeah it's just really funny because like yeah we're grandma fuck i was about to say something about the whole um the pill shit about grandma damn it i One forgot pill, small pill no forget it but it was it was very cute if you remember you could say it yeah i'm trying to it's okay but she was she was so cute and you know my mom was there the whole time but it was hard because with covid and the hospitals only one person could go in for an hour and two people were allowed a day and you mentioned this already i have a huge fucking family this was not easy and when it wasn't fair it wasn't fair and when i took my death and dying course originally one of the things that was talked about was you always want to make sure you communicate and you're clear about your own wishes with your family so that there isn't infighting so that people aren't trying to decide what did this person want no it's this it's this it's this because ultimately people's own feelings and biases always come into the situation so if you tell them you save a lot of headache unless you want to see your family suffer in that case do you that's you know that's your decision so and my question to you would be what would what would someone's best if you were at the end of your life and you could not talk for yourself Mm -hmm. and you didn't know what to do and someone else had to make these decisions for you who do you call like what do you do what decision do you make 
I want to answer that in a second because that's what that I'm just giving two seconds. Actually, you know what? I'm hot. I forgot what I was gonna say anyway. So sure, what you want to do actually, you want to have a proxy. So you need a healthcare proxy, and you're gonna want to look at how to do that in every state. So your each state is gonna have a slightly different form, probably, but usually all the form is is I have the New York State Health Proxy Care in front of me. Don't ask why. I know we live in Massachusetts. <laughs> Uh, but basically, you just need to make sure that you have your agent, which is the, um, the, you, I think. The person who you are going to assign to be your proxy. Yes. Like, all it is is a whole bunch of legal paperwork for you to have that you need to fill out <laughs> that is going to state out who is the person that's going to take care of you and who will be your voice if you, if anything happens where you cannot represent yourself. You know, and that's the biggest thing, like, even with us, like, we were lucky that the family had this conversation early on, and mom was grandma's proxy right. when she was at points where, again, unfortunately, she could not speak for herself, and we had to make these difficult decisions for her, um, but it's one of those things that everyone, I think it's important now, especially with the prolonged life because of medicine and everything else, people should be having this conversation on who is their proxy, who, like... Or how do you want to be or handled? Or proxies, yeah. because actually you're not allowed to have, well, you're allowed, but you should have two. Yes, you can have at least two. So it's one of those, I think it's a maximum of two, minimum of one, duh. Um, yeah, but it's one of those things where it's just like, just having that so at least people know how to deal with you. Imagine if you have a stroke and now you're non-responsive, yeah. you know? You go into the hospital. But imagine you don't want to be like resuscitated or whatever. And then somebody does. Or imagine you didn't want tubes down your throat and they did that. Exactly. Like, Things like that of that nature. Um, it's just like, even then, when you go into the, the hospital and you're non-responsive, or if your brain dies, or if your heart stops, or things of that nature. Right. You know, just knowing and giving the doctors the instructions to keep going. Some places might just give up and start harvesting your motherfucking organs and stuff because yes. they can make more money on selling that than actually putting in the work to keeping you alive. So and as well, uh, another thing to think about, too, is your your personal religious beliefs, right? Like, this is something that you need to think about for yourself. If you don't want, an imp like, for example, if they were going to use uh, something from a pig, like an artery replacement in you, and you're Muslim, you're not going to want that. But if you can't speak for yourself and they have to make a decision or a call and nobody is able to speak for you, for your family or whatever then fuck, what do you do? Nigga, I get that pig heart, and I come back, and I yell at, I yell at all my heathen-ass kids. That's a lawsuit. Well, here's the thing. That's a lawsuit. That's a lawsuit against... I'm not suing. You saved my fucking life. Who am I suing? Well, I'm here's suing the thing. Allah? Here's the thing. Some people would. This this is actually a part of the conversation. But people the thing have. Is, but even then, that's the sad part, is legally, that's why we have this stuff put into place. If you don't have a proxy, you came in that bitch like a vegetable. We did what we did to <laughs> save you. We put motherfucking... Stuart Little or whatever pig inside of you. Stuart Little, that was that That's, was a mouse. I know it's a mouse, but even then they got the the, the, the fake hearts and all these other yeah, things that they right. grow on the mice and they do shit mm -hmm. like that. So you got to think about it from that perspective. If they do all that shit to bring you back to life, 
Shut the fuck up. You better stop being ungrateful. You so disrespectful. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I mean, listen. That, that's This that, is a sensitive conversation. It, but that's the sacrifice of modern medicine. I'm sorry, sir. But And you know what? That's actually part of the death and dying conversation is, is it actually humane to say that if you let somebody die, you fail in modern medicine? Because that's basically their pledge. And I agree with you. And that's the thing. And like, I don't I don't actually think that that's fair. No, and my thing is, I'm being an asshole. You know me. My thing is, I want to oh, honor. I, I know, but I, I and we're honor, joking. But, but you I wanna, touched upon something, so yeah, that's important. Like, I want to honor anyone's religion, anyone's faith, anything of that nature mm. when it comes to, you know, transitioning onto that. But again, if no one is there and you came into the emergency room and their job is to save you, you can't really be mad at Superman for coming to saving you from the burning building, bro. Like, so here is a perfect example of why having that healthcare proxy form is important because then you can have a mini wallet version put into your uh, wallet. Duh. And all you need to have on that is it says, in case of emergency, my information is, uh, and then your home address, whatever, your name, your phone, whatever. And then your healthcare agent's and how to contact them. And then if you can, on the back of that card, put um, alternate healthcare agents, if you have them, and your doctor. So that in case anything happens, they know who to contact, they immediately contact them first and get your get your wishes on the situation and then they can move forward. So hopefully everybody moves forward in a proper way, right? Because as much as the person wants to be dealt with right, the nurses and the doctors want to do it right too they don't want to deal with any of this like you wake up and you're not happy that they saved your life bullshit yeah and the biggest thing is like you're saying it's important how you get taken care of right like and if it's they'll that- most likely even if and here's my thing even if you don't get it as like a doctor or a nurse please just at least respect that person they will they're dying. They, they'll honor you and that's what yeah. we all know that even look at how much the healthcare workers have sacrificed during covid that's true they've they put down the barriers they put themselves on the line right now mm-hmm. to this day to make sure people were comfortable coming in fighting this thing and even on their last leg going on their way out you know, so it's one of those things. And I what's really cool about this pamphlet is or just realizing even like setting up a proxy is pretty easy. You just the, the biggest thing is, again, like we said, you want to think about what is important to you and how you want to receive that care. Yes. You want to select the person to speak for you if you aren't able to speak for yourself. And like we said, you can assign one or two people to do that. You have to talk to, you know, talk about your health care wishes, yes. you know, to everyone. So we all know how to deal with it when it comes to be. And then, like we all say, and like everybody knows, put the pen to paper and put it in writing so we can have it. And yes. it's solidified somewhere so that there's a plan and that there's a way to actually enforce and do what it is that you want while you're transitioning onto that next stage. Exactly. Um, and, and that's the thing. And that's why this conversation is needed to have because like I, even us, you know, like my mom doesn't want to talk about it, but I know my mom wants to be cremated, mm-hmm. but we don't have that in writing. So if anything happens, my mom has high blood pressure. So if she has an aneurysm, has a stroke or anything of that nature, she goes into the hospital. We don't have paperwork and they have to do what they want to do. You know, like I, I know yep. these are all things like I feel like, again, we as a family don't have that conversation. But because she's at risk and she's only getting older, 
And I know my mom doesn't live, live a healthy lifestyle because I don't live the healthiest of lifestyles. <laughs> we should be talking about We're all about a little guilty things. of that shit. Everybody is. But that's another reason we want to talk about it with y'all, too, because it's like we're, we all do this crazy shit. This is a society. This is norm now. So we're all dealing with it. But let's deal with it together. Let's make death culture a thing. Yeah. Um, and then some of the things, if you're like, I don't even know what questions to ask like what are you even talking about right like what if something happens to me what if i'm in a car crash whatever just do whatever to save my life yeah well here are some of the the things to think about and uh you can kind of make a little checklist for yourself if it's helpful based on what i say but one of them is cardiopulmonary recitation recitation that's that cpr right yeah 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 son i don't know how to say that but i know cpr nigga i'm certified there you go there you go. I, I, could, I could certify you, and then I'll put my balls on your head after Ay, you come back. Like, I mean, not certify you, but I'll, I'll, I'll resuscitate you. That's what I meant to say. And then I, I put my balls okay, on Okay, I kind of figured. I was like, okay. wait, you could certify people? I mean, no, I can't certify you, but i put my balls on your head, definitely. That's hilarious. Uh, I'm sure you would love to do that. So, basically, if you're on the brink of dying, can somebody uh, use drugs or electric shock to resuscitate you? And you can say, I want, I don't want, um, or... You don't know. All, all of that is valid. Um, and then mechanical breathing, breathing by a machine. So if you can't breathe on your own anymore, do you want a machine implanted to help you breathe? Um, oh, my only wish is, is if you do that, you have to put a blunt in the machine. Uh, <laughs> and once the blunt is done, you unplug the machine. That That's my only So basically, only thing. if you can't breathe no more and you're about to die, you just want them to do that so you can have one more smoke? Yeah, honestly. Just, you're, yeah. you're hilarious. I'm sure by then they can figure out a way to drip that shit in an IV, you idiot. No, I don't want to drip it, nigga. No, I want you to use all of that. As a matter of fact, I want the morphine too. Oh lord! I want the drip, drip, pill, pill, and then I want them okay. to put the, my blood. All right, you talking? The... To, you want euthanasia? <laughs> Jesus. Honestly, uh, we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> uh, artificial nutrition and hydration. So fluids given uh, through a tube and. Um, oh my god! Yeah. In the veins, nose, or stomach? That is what the fuck is nigga? Y'all already fucking me with COVID. This is a, this Q-tips. is like an actual scientific. No, uh, like checklist from from a doctor. Honestly, the thing is, if you don't want it, I don't give a fuck. I'm giving it to you. <laughs> He's looking at my wishes right now. You don't have to tell the world my actual wishes. You telling me you're gonna force all this shit? You're gonna force me to stay alive no matter you, what my wishes are? You were staying here with me, <laughs> <laughs> but I have to let you go. Yes. You selfish bastard! Absolutely not. We'll have this conversation in a second. <laughs> Bitch, you see my wishes plain and simple. There's only like three things I'll allow people to do to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you coming back, bitch? I'm gonna fuck. Bitch. I'll read, the, nigga. I will do. What's that shit with um Will Smith with the with the with the clone? Uh, what are you saying, Gemini? Man? Gemini. I will Gemini Shahane. I will Scorpion man your ass. Scorpion woman your um, ass. <laughs> yo, you're hilarious. <laughs> fuck what you heard. Oh my god, I'm sorry. I can't stop laughing. Okay, so that's the artificial nutrition major surgery, such as removing uh, the gallbladder or parts of the intestines. Oh my gee, nigga, to keep me alive? Yeah, but don't I need that? Why? That that what sounds counterintuitive to a nigga. Mm-hmm. But that's what they do this, with lipo, this, though. That's listen. lipo suction. That's free lipo, though. That's free. So that's you, what the niggas. So okay. Ignorant. 
Okay, I see what you Dominican chicks be doing in the heights. Kidney dialysis, cleaning the blood by ma- machine or belly fluid pass through the belly. Um, my, my grandfather does dialysis three to four times a week, and I respect him because he's been doing it for almost a decade now, and it hurts, and he goes through so much, and it's so draining. And um, but my thing is, is like we said with modern medicine, if you want to be here and you want to see your family and you want to do these things, there are sacrifices that will be made unfortunately and um i respect him wholeheartedly but it stresses me out because even now with everything that's going on Mm -hmm. he still has to go he still has to do these things and it's a lot it is a lot um yeah i'm sorry no no it's important to talk about it like we talked about um but it's something else i actually want to say so the options that most people have for these are i want it i don't want it I am undecided on it and something else you can say is I want a trial and if no clear improvement then stop the treatment and let me go but there are certain things that they will allow so right basically, like you like, couldn't do that for CPR for example there's no like trial CPR it's an emergency and even with CPR everybody knows there's the risk of possibly breaking someone's rib cage exactly. puncturing an organ things of that nature when even performing CPR and we talked about earlier when someone gets older with what frailty Mm-hmm. You you actually can't really perform CPR anymore because you could fucking kill them. Exactly. And so that's another thing that we had to do for grandma. We said no resuscitation because it would have broken her anyways. And we would have killed her. And we didn't want that kind. To, no, if she's going to go, let her go through like peaceful morphine, you know? Mm-hmm. So that, grandma, that's something we had to consider. But grandma did almost, you know, she had experience with cancer and that's one of your things. And she used the chemotherapy exactly. to fight that off. And she was able to put that into remission and actually beat that. Actually, I'm not sure if grandma ever needed chemo. I think they just... Just cut the titty off. Uh, yeah. They just cut that titty off. I think they did that. They kept they kept testing and testing and she was fine. They, they didn't need... I'm pretty sure. If she did have to do chemo, it was very little. So instead of the chemo, she got the minor surgery, which is the next option. Exactly, which is such as removing some tissue from an infected toe or whatever, for example. Like they should have did to Bob Marley, but Bob Marley was scared oh. and he didn't want to go under the knife because he knew that they were trying to kill him from Babylon, evil, bomb, clot, puss, so I... My ear. My, my bad. I'm sorry, yo. <laughs> no, you're good. You meant that, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> invasive diagnostic tests, such oh. as using flexible tubes to look into the stomach. Um, but my thing is, I mean, I mean, I think when I first here, I'll I want to say something in the end too. Uh, so blood or blood products? Yeah, straight answer, yes or no. You know, it's one but of those. The blood like, and blood products almost goes up even with the the kidney dialysis type situation because right. they clean out your blood, they give you new blood. Um, a lot of these new people, unfortunately, we hear about the Rockefellers and all these higher other people who have a lot of money. They go and they get newer, younger, fresher blood put inside of them. And that's what helps them look younger and stay alive. Hillary Clinton was one of the people that was doing that as well. Ew. We do know about that. Even then, that kind of led all led into the conspiracy theory and the conversation of the whole idea of the adrenochrome thing. So we Ow. do know, unfortunately, that there is... A lot of people who will go to the extremities of, you know, using blood products and even in the dark, you know, black market. Even now, you guys know that they want you to sell your plasma. There's always a blood drive this somewhere. This is a health documentary. And oh. you talking about conspiracies. conspiracies? 
the Sorry. fuck? Motherfuckers said, I need Jesus. Yo, you basically, you just answered the question of, do you want blood products? You straight up said, nah, son. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want none of this shit. I'm clear, but you know what? I'm going to do you like you do me, bitch. <laughs> if that's the case, fuck you. You're not my proxy. <laughs> well, bitch, Guyan's first on my proxy. Well, I got to make sure Guyan's get a gag order and she has what? no control. Fuck you. Yeah. That's it. Don't fuck with my sister. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll fuck you up. No. We won't team up on your ass. No, you're fine. I don't know. I, I just... I, fuck. I, my Anyways. Biggest, I'm sorry. Antibiotics, no. drugs to fight infections, simple diagnostic tests such as blood tests or x-rays, uh, pain medication, even if uh, they dull consciousness and in, in, indirectly shorten life. My thing is, I'm not going to lie This to you. is kind of like a fucked up questionnaire, but these are the questions that you're going to need your proxy to answer for you, if I'm honest. So it's yeah. things, to, things to think about. I know that was a little disoriented the way we talked about it, but uh, it's all good. It's, it's one of those things like we joke about these things and whatnot because we try to make it lighthearted because it is very difficult to talk about. Right. But the type of person I am, honestly, everybody for every action is a reaction. So we all know you're going to pay for... You're going to deal with the ramifications of your shitty lifestyle one way or another. It's inevitable. Yep. So it's kind of one of those things, unless you take responsibility for those things while you have an opportunity to, so that when you are in an old age, you don't have to deal with those crazy ass options. You know, and like, that's what that's what this whole process has made me think about. It's one of those things where like, I don't want, I, I, I know these conversations are needed and I know we need to hash out and make sure we know like okay I, please resuscitate me don't put me on a breathing tube you know don't put nothing up my ass and try to make sure i stay alive like there's certain <laughs> things i'm not i'm not with you know but there's certain things that i'm okay with to an extent but my, i'm really just afraid of hospitals as as a whole because th- we know it's just big business and it's just it's so invasive and all those machines and all that other scary shit it's just creepy and I think it even I'm it, not going to lie. It is very uncomfortable setting. And that's a lot of people's main issues with dying in hospitals and why they choose not to. And this goes to our one of the points we had that we want to talk about is like a lot of people are afraid when it comes to death of the idea and the fear of being alone. Yeah. And now I think it's a good time to talk about those those anxieties and those fears that you brought up at the beginning of the podcast when you were mentioning um that a lot of people don't want to have this conversation because they have a fear of death. But what exactly is that fear even? It's it's the fear of missing out, the fear of not being here, or the fear of like how, like even then, like when, we, when you go to sleep, don't you realize how much of a blessing it is is to reopen your eyes again and to live life? Yeah. Could you imagine to go to sleep and not wake up? To not know if you pass? Or to wake up in the transition and to be like, yo, nigga, I died dreaming I was fucking Kim Kardashian. Like, what oh the fuck? Oh, my God. Like, just things like that where it's just like, they're, they're, it's just, it's, they're, they're, the conversation about death really goes back to this whole idea of, like, FOMO, fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. Because we don't know. We don't even know what we're missing out on. We don't know where we're going to. But we know that the people we love just won't be here. And... Or we won't be here to be with those people, mm-hmm. and and that's something hard to wrap about, wrap our head around, especially it's hard as to humans. Wrap about. It's it, because you got to think about it, like with humans, we we dedicate so much of our life and time and our our purpose to constructing the world that we want around us. 
Yes. So to imagine and to know and to admit and to accept wholeheartedly that at the end of the day, this ultimate thing, this penultimate thing that I, I have no control of it. I don't know how it's going to come. There are certain things that I can attribute to to make sure that it's a little bit easier for me. You know, I can be healthier. I can be more fit. I cannot do drugs. I cannot drink. I cannot be, abu- you know what I'm saying? Like, that's why certain people live righteous lives hoping that when they get to the end, it's a lot easier. Mm-hmm. But we don't, we don't necessarily know how it's going to be. Like we said, like the snowflake, everyone is different. Right. And I think it's just that idea and us harboring that fear, even as kids, you know, like, it's, it's just a lot. Just to, And it goes back to the, like, as kids being afraid of the dark. So imagine just death being just darkness because we don't know. And it's not even darkness being surrounded. It's darkness because we can't see past the title of death. We yeah. don't know what else exists. So it's the, the fear of the unknown. And, like, that, that I feel like is not fair for us as people. Mm-hmm. You know, because like Harry Hudson, like we said in the interlude, like you, you start to fear living life. Like everybody knows we have the utmost limitless, limitless potential being here. We see it. We see people do amazing things. Look at look at fucking Elon Musk. Look at the Egyptians. Look at Picasso. Look at all these p- amazing people. Look at Simone Biles. You know, just mm-hmm. even um Serena Williams, LeBron James, just all these amazing people. Like everybody has a purpose. Everybody's here doing this thing, you know, but it's just like. Everybody, we, we, we fear that, like, we don't know. Like, like, again, like, we don't know. It's just so much. I'm sorry. I'm going on a, man, a, a crazy tangent right now. It's okay. It's okay. But I think one thing that I want to continue on that you mentioned was it's the fear of the unknown, and that's not fair. And you're correct. And what is the unknown? The unknown in Carl Jung's uh, psychology, and I would say philosophy, is that there is this shadow realm and world and that shadow world is made up of the things that we don't understand and so to conceptualize that in day-to-day life the things that you brush aside and you don't want to think about you push that to the unknown realm the shadow realm and suddenly those become big scary monsters so what's the biggest and scariest monster in the shadow realm of the unknown that's death and it's really hard for us to have this conversation mainly because if we don't want to deal with the issues in day-to-day life and if we don't want to talk about those things how are we going to talk about the scariest thing that we have no tangible evidence of right but the thing is we have plenty of tangible evidence it's just do you want to see it and i think this kind of bridges into the rest of the things we wanted to talk about which is Do you believe in shamanism and shamanic work? Do you believe in mediums that can touch base with the other side? What do you, where do you believe we go when we pass? You know, uh, do you feel like you should be cremated or do you feel like you should be buried or do you want a party or do you want a sad funeral? What do you want? Right? Like, and I think those, that conversation really touches upon the two philosophies is one either and I think really if if you're a materialist right a person who supports like this theory that like nothing exists but matter mm. and like you know and and, and it's pr- improvements and modifications so like you are this body if you believe like that you get what I'm saying there are certain things that you will accept you know when it comes to what you will be able to deal with or at least process when it's able 
to talk about with the idea of death. But now when you're a spiritualist and you're and you you know you you believe that and you advocate that there's a spirit life that exists, mm -hmm. you know, and that it, it, there's a distinction between this body and this, the spirit that is actually the reality and the spirit that runs this. And this is the vessel and there's something else past that. Like those two philosophies will really depend on how it is that you are honored in your death, mm -hmm. honestly. And we notice that in different religions, certain people, they, they again, they, there's no attachment to the body. So they're okay with cremation. There are other religions with, you know, and that's more of Hinduism and some Indians in that nature, Native Americans, that's what they believe in. And they now go into like the Catholics and Judaism. Some of these people, they feel that you have to do a, a burial ceremony to honor the death. You know, everybody, it, it's, it's just very, very different. Mm -hmm. And I think however you see yourself, you know, however you want to honor your spirit or your family want to honor your spirit, I feel is like how is the best way to be buried and like, I don't know like that even then that's a kind of a very difficult conversation you know like I I like I know my mom wants to be cremated mm -hmm. I I don't I either want to be cremated or I know that there's this new thing like they have there's so many new ways of like you know like eco green burials is what they're calling it now and basically like I would love to be turned into a tree like, I want to be going back into nature. Because the thing is, is and we, we, we do our research and looking at the idea of, like, burials, like, there was a separation of, like, burials. Like, it turned to a business when mm -hmm. everyone was afraid of, you know, like, the sterilization and people getting sick and disease and zombies, quote-unquote. But, again, that goes back to disease and black plagues and people it being does, nasty. Actually. It goes, it, it actually, I learned about this in conjunction with, art history so it was actually kind of cool to have an art history minor and a psychology minor at the same time mm -hmm. because we touched upon um a lot of pre-renaissance paintings and things of that nature that had like black or, am i getting my timeline right the, anyways the, we basically touched upon a lot of the black pa uh, plague paintings the same time that we talked about um death and dying and how the separation started around that time with illness and Native American, we just watched a video actually of a Native American gentleman, elderly Shaman. gentleman, yeah, uh, talking about um, the the dying process. And one of the things he talked about was we can't ignore the fact that the Native American people now have distanced themselves from what traditional their traditional ways of honoring the dead. Are because it used to be a four-day process where they would uh, burn the body and it was it was quite beautiful but if there is an infected person and you cannot tend to the dead body because you might get infected and then suddenly whole villages are wiped out and what we're talking do? about like it creates it, it helps create that fear that we have in the shadow realm of death instead of a conversation and a, a spiritual connection yes and and that that came with the colonialism and all that other shit that was happening so that's the part that sucks as well where again like cultural identities were compromised and also lost mm -hmm. to an extent because now these people can no longer do these ceremonies to honor their loved ones because of these unfortunate things that now are being introduced to these people 
you know and i think like that that's the crazy thing also to even realize that like our understanding and our perception of death has constantly perpetually been shifted and changed depending on what's best for society yeah and even now people are realizing that we have so many people there are too many people and unfortunately the process of us preserving bodies and all the medications and stuff that we take while we're alive are can can actually be toxic to the environment when the process when the body is decomposing yeah. if not done right even things i hate to say it even things like um intense makeup and uh eating too much fast food uh what are some of the other ones? Some of the uh, big your medications your a bad medic- one. Mm-hmm. Um, if you uh, what's another one? There's just like that's why they like Those with prosthetics much- they yeah. take out your Botox and things before you die. Like that's why again throughout the process they take a lot of these organs and things out of you to make sure that it's kind of a little bit easier when they put you down there. But there, again, there's a lot of just controversy and the idea with modern burial because of all of this stuff. And then even then, when you think about it, when you have large populations of humans all being buried in certain plots all together mm-hmm. and there is no natural vegetation to help you again deal with this process, no natural microbes again to help break down the body, even though they are there in the dirt. But to an extent, if it's not a well diverse ecosystem to make sure that this is done correctly, it can actually cause it to be toxic. Right. And they've noticed that. And that's why now there are a lot of real big push and initiatives towards other ways of dealing with bodies to kind of preserve the integrity of the planet and as well honor all these different, you know, belief systems. Exactly. And I I do want to say, I know we're talking a lot like, and if anyone's listening to this and they're like, you know, I respect it, but y'all are batshit crazy. And I am crazy. You know, I'm not going to talk to my parents or whatever. And I doubt they had that conversation. We did. We've had that conversation with both our parents. I know what my mom's wishes. And I'm really excited that she told me because I really like hers. And I, I'll, I'll keep I'll respectfully. I, I won't say it unless I get her blessing. And maybe I'll mention it later because it's really cool. But she wants she wants a, basically a, a celebration. I'll say that she doesn't want us to be depressed. I mean, obviously we will be, but she doesn't want us to be depressed, and she wants us to be happy and celebrate and live the happiest times that she has lived. And that goes on to another point that we talked about before. This was like. When you think about it, there are a lot of phrases associated with death. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Like, like kick that the all can. Like, they all also hold such a different weight to them. Like they they're, 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 they try to be lighthearted and funny, like right. comedic or whatever. Like they don't want to touch upon it. But when you hear these things, you know it's like okay, this person's not comfortable talking with death. You know, and like that, that's the part, you know, like kick the bucket was one, the bucket list thing. And well, that kind of correlates to people's bucket list. It's It's the end of the road. Like there are all these things where people are so. That all actually comes from the movie, The Bucket List, which is uh, a Morgan Freeman and uh, Jack Nicholson movie. That's a really good movie, actually. But it's one of those things where like people really do try their best to like really separate themselves from it you know like we really try and just sugarcoat it for 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 this thing 
you know, and it's, 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 it's basically like, it's crazy because I'm trying to read all my, my notes at the exact same time. So like, that's the worst part about having all these notes about a topic like this, because it makes you want to jump back between all these different things I know. all at once. And it just like, it fucks with you. Um, but it's just crazy that like we we like going back to the celebration, like a lot of communities originally the death again, we accept the metamorphosis, you would celebrate it. But instead now it's kinda like it's it's pushed away, you know, it's segmented. It's it's all right. these other things like it's sugarcoated when like we're saying like it's a celebration of life and accepting the fact that this person left so much essence because there's so many people, so many memories, so much more of this person here to be experienced you know and i think like that is there are very small communities that actually honor that and still do it you know like and i, I, I and that's like how i want to be honored mm. you know like that was a question like that was the reason like i was trying to co- kind of connect the two is because like we, we ask ourselves like how do we want to be buried how do we want to be honored and my biggest thing is that like life we all know life is hard. This whole, all these decisions, all this pain, all this stress, the constant bickering, f- trying to figure all these things out, it's a lot, you know? And to, to, to accept and to know that this person is at peace, there's no more malice, there's no more struggle. Right. I don't think we should be sad. We should be happy for this person. This nigga don't got taxes no more. No more baby mama drama. He don't got to fucking pay his bills. He's drinking all the fucking alcohol. He's he's dancing, he's partying. Like, whatever you born it to believe is whatever that heaven is. So it's like, oh, again, we don't understand what is death even then. And right, so like, it's a, what's, what is next? And, and this and could be the beginning. people have euphoria. People who have survived death and come back from it. They oftentimes a lot of what they say is I don't I don't want to it's hard integrating back into society not because I'm not blessed and I feel grateful to have a second chance like oftentimes they come back with this with this liveliness that Harry Hudson talked about at the beginning right or his father excuse me talked about at the beginning where he's like dying and coming back don't let dying be a one-time thing I think that that's beautiful that they can come back and have this sort of second wind and to feel grateful like you said every morning that they wake up suddenly which so many of us don't feel but i think and of course it's not it's not a linear thing i'm sure they have days where they're like fuck (laughs) you know people aren't people go through shit yeah and that's fine um what was my train of thought harry hudson dying oh um i think part of the issue as well is how you die when you die in how people feel about what happened Be- and what you're saying is pretty important though is letting the afterlife be something so special and that's why i wanted to touch upon the the fact that when people come back they have the sense of euphoria and it's hard to integrate back into normal society because come back from what from death so a near-death experience is near- what you're talking about. Yes. Okay, so, so say that. You go, excuse me. Like, yeah. I'm saying, because you like, come back. I'm like, bitch, you're talking about zombies, nigga? A, nigga, a zombie come I, back? I'm shooting yeah. that nigga. No euphoria. You're not eating me, bitch. Pop, pop, pop. Not. Obviously, not a zombie. Just thinking like a near-death experience. Oh, my goodness. Now they're back into reality in their body. And I'm sure it's the excruciating pain that they're feeling. Lord only freaking knows. 
and you can look up different things. There's actually uh, a Netflix documentary right now called Surviving Death, I think. Yes, that's the name of it. Uh, it's great. It's yeah. great. And yeah. I think it also helps facilitate this conversation and it gives you real world examples. So, but I think that it's hard to integrate back into society sometimes because you felt this euphoric love. But I think we should take that in stride that whatever comes next is embraced with joy and, and love and there's heart there and you're welcome there. And you know? that that actually is what we talked about last night where like when you embrace love and you look at certain things, when we were talking about death and we were talking about all this stuff, it made us correlate to our mental health and the two biggest things we deal with and everyone kind of unfortunately deals with it on the spectrum. Right. Anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. And anxiety is like you're 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 freaked out of the moment because of things that happened in the past. No, that's and, or, the, that's or or like PTSD from things. That anxiety happened. is the future. Depression is the past. Okay, my bad. Um, yeah, I'm high. And no, no, no. But basically, like what I'm saying is, is like, and I feel like like that's the conversation with death. You know, like we're all anxious, and because of that, we're afraid, and we don't know what's gonna happen. And then again, the depression of not acting and not doing certain things. Right. Like, Did I do enough does, with my life? It, it, it's just, there's just like this endless cycle of all this stuff that's happening instead of just accepting and living. Like, right. And that's why a lot of the Buddhists and a lot of the, the most, you know, the, the great philosophers and the teachers, they always say like, live, there's something about living in the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, like even like. I mean, um, it's the, again, we talked about it. It's the only true moment. You think about the past, it's foggy. You think about the future, it's foggy. Today is crystal clear because you're living it and you see it. Yeah. And again, both sides are surrounded by darkness. Right. And that's that constant fear. And it's one of those, again, if we can accept the fact and understand and know that there is an end point, of there's course. an end point, but I'm here. There's so much but I can do. But it's an end do. point to a chapter. Exactly. You know, and we might not know what's the next chapter, but you never know what's the next chapter when you're reading a good book. Do you stop and only want to live in the first few pages? No. And so do you believe in mediums? You brought that up earlier. And I feel like a lot of people do to an extent because you remember I Cleo. Do. Remember Cleo came I out do, in the I do, but 90s. I feel like there's plenty of fucking fakes. I feel like there are certain people that can and do get in touch with the other realm. And I feel like I believe that because through med through I would call it death meditation, I have I have felt like connected and calm with my ancestors. Let's say so. Like one of the assignments I had to do in death and dying course was a letter to someone who had deceased. I chose to do a letter to two people. I chose my grandparents on my father's side, mm-hmm. and those are two people I always had heavy heavy regret that i didn't get to know so uh, there was a lot of negative emotion there and using that sort of death meditation of writing to them i didn't intend it but out of nowhere it was like i was being washed over with like their acceptance in a way so it was kind of like i i can't verbalize what had happened in those moments because there aren't really words for it and if i did it would sound kind of weird but essentially I had my own experience and it felt great to know that there are that we still have a connection and that connection is felt through the mutual love Mm -hmm. right and so it makes me feel like there has to be something and even mathematics is the the universal language and mathematics simply says 
equals mc squared right like energy cannot be stopped only transmitted it can it can't it can't be destroyed or anything like that yeah right. exactly so energy is all we are essentially at the end that's why it looks like a light goes out when someone passes and we just read about that being one of the main things that happens in the last few hours today's so but it's just crazy that we notice in our society so yes i believe in <laughs> no i mean i, I do but too. i think that there's a lot of bullshit i do think that there's plenty of fucking bullshit and i don't think that i'm a medium i'm just saying that like i've felt connection enough to think that it's possible and but see that touches upon something we've always thought about like why is there so much or so many people out there trying to profit off the idea of death you get what I'm saying? Like, that's well, I the think part people that's... will profit off anything, but whatever they personally see that they can put a niche into. Or just or just your connection. Mm-hmm. Like you just said, like, I think, like, what it goes down to, like, if you have a connection to someone and something and you love them so much and someone tells you they can give you five more minutes, I give you five more minutes with your grandmother. Give me $200. It's preying on that insecurity. Yeah, you know, and, like, that's the fucked up part. Or just, like, or... Like, even then, like, I think about, like, the headstones and all these certain things. Like, why are they so expensive? Like, you, you're not, not, and it's kind of fucked up to even be like, oh, you're putting someone in the ground and, you know, all of this. But it's like, it, 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 it hurts to know that, like, we spend so, like, we don't have the conversation about how to, to the process the death and yeah. how to deal with this person and whatnot. But we'll have the conversation of what coffin and what outfit and what headstone, you know, and it's things like that. And I feel like... But actually, some people still fight over those little details as well. No, and but, I'm actually glad you brought it up. So after, we'll, we'll talk about it. But you're right that, like, we need to be taking care of the people while they're transitioning. Yeah, like people we can't feel, forget about them in those moments. Yeah, like why would you want to just do it with monetary? Don't honor me with all these things. If I'm not here, mm-hmm. like prime example, and that's why I say like I don't want to be resuscitated. I don't want any of those things. I want to experience my life with all these people around me. And when the time comes, if you didn't spend time with me, I'm sorry. And you're but sorry. Here's my but question. Cherish, yes. Are you thinking, are you saying that? And I understand your point. Cherish the time you have with me now because I, you can't promise another day. Yes. Are you saying that thinking today, like thinking if something happened to me tomorrow, don't resuscitate me? I'm just thinking, I'm I'm thinking just in general where it's like for all these things and whatnot, you get Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like my, my biggest thing is I don't, I just don't, the biggest problem is like seeing what happens when you get older. Like we're saying, like with organ failure and things of that nature, I don't want people to come and spend that time with me when I'm miserable and I don't have the when energy. When they could have spent time with it, you when you were in a place yes. where we could have had better time. Yes, and that's why like I'm a big component of euthanasia and things of that nature because if I feel that there's a certain age where I can't physically, mentally, like I don't, even the idea of having a proxy and like I can't talk for myself, that scares me. I would rather sign papers and say, you know what, just just shoot me with some shit, give me That's eight illegal. hours. That's no. illegal everywhere except Oregon, and even then you have to go through paperwork. And I'll and do you it. Need a proxy. And I'll do it. But even then, my point is, I would rather go and you give me eight hours of the best experience of my life, and I go out, than me live the prolonged ten year, fifteen year experience of my family, my grandkids, my great grandkids coming and watching me deteriorate. You know, and I you don't that, think grandma was happy? Yes. I all, wholeheartedly grandma was happy. 
But the thing but is, you're saying is for you. Yes. And this is my selfishness coming into play. I don't think it's selfishness. I'm, I'm just I'm picking your brain to have this hard conversation. Yes. And that's what I'm saying. Like how we're saying like everybody wants to think some people want to live forever. I don't I, I want to live comfortable. Mm. And if I can't be comfortable and it's invasive, I don't want to live. And that's a hard thing to say. And even then knowing and seeing how much this beautiful lady fought and being literally putting her on my back, carrying her upstairs, <laughs> making sure she wanted to be here. Grandma was going to be here. I made sure, Grandma, you want to be here? You're going to be here. I got you. But it was one of those where, like, I, I don't. And it's never a burden because I loved her and it's honor. Again, yes. you get what I'm saying? So I would never say. But my thing is, is me being putting myself in that person's shoes Grandma got mad when she couldn't wash dishes, when she couldn't cook dinner, when she yeah, couldn't take out true. the trash, when she couldn't fold clothes. She, she was, was really, really frustrated she that was, she couldn't be independent. And that's the thing is for you to tell me to lose my independence and to keep living here for experience, I don't think is fair because now other I become other people's burden. Right. And that I feel like is the ultimate selfishness like as a human. And I feel like we, we, we can't do that. Even with the blessing with modern medicine and the opportunity to live to 100, living to 100 isn't it, it, it physically in this body the way it is until Elon Musk feel, figures out a way to put us in, in robots. <laughs> it, it's just not going to work, bro. It's not going to work. And the thing is, like they're saying, because of organ fair, because of our diets, because of all this shit, all these GMOs and this radiation, all these things around us, the way we've created our planet so that we have a better stimulated experience with it, it deteriorates our body and there's sacrifices. Again, there's a reaction. There's a cause and you know what I'm saying? There's a cause and effect for everything. And that's where karma comes into place. The ultimate rule, you will pay for what you do. And I feel like that is the, the acceptance. Like even then, like there are certain Buddhas or back in the days, there are so old, old people that would just go into nature and that's how they would die. You know, like that's how some people were, you know, like th that's how I would. I mean, that's how that that is the animalistic instinct is to go peacefully and quietly and to not want to burn it. And that's why usually within the last few weeks of an animal's life, a cat or a dog, they're isolated, they keep to themselves, they hide, and when they know they're about to go, they go somewhere very dark, quiet, uh, hidden and secluded as to not bother anybody, but still within their loved ones and around their their quote-unquote home and, and domain, right? Like their stomping grounds. Because that's my thing. I feel like in life, everyone should be surrounded with love, yes. right? You should be surrounded with love, but that love shouldn't be burdened. You know, and I feel like with that age, dealing with frailty, dealing with organ failure, dealing with going to the, the, the fucking emergency rooms and dealing with all these medicines and all these invasive things, it gets to a point where, like, it's it's hard to watch somebody live like that. And I wouldn't want to put that on anybody else but myself, honestly. I, and, I, I do have a counter to that. Yes, and I'm listening actually going through i might have felt differently before but going through what we went through with grandma she allowed us the opportunity to be vulnerable with her yes and because i could be there with her through those vulnerabilities that she was having like helping her use the restroom and helping her do these things that would have killed her when she was younger she was laughing. 
you know and 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 wait and like let me just say this like she was laughing hugging me on the toilet like she did like at a certain point that level of fuck was gone and i have to say because it it may have felt stressful at times but i never felt like she was a burden and i'm so glad that i was able to live with her through that last like from that heart attack 10 years ago to her passing i'm so grateful that i got to be there with her even though i went away to school and shit and like there was stuff in between but i was just so glad because we bonded in a way that i i now feel like she's never not with me and to say you don't want to give people that pain i 100 percent understand because it was so hard it was so fucking hard doing what we had to do with grandma but simultaneously i think that it also deprives people of having a deeper connection if you don't get to have those vulnerable moments I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, my thing is maybe I feel that way because I don't have... You're a compassionate. <laughs> well, that and maybe because like I don't have a kid that I felt that I sacrificed so much for to give them everything, you know, where... To see I, them to, take care of me now. Or, or not even that, where like I couldn't, I couldn't leave here because I want to be with them so much. Right. Like my thing is I want to be here with you. Same. And I don't want to be a burden to you if it gets to that point. If I'll it gets wipe to, your ass. Don't worry about no, I, it. No, we both will, bitch. We got squatty potties. Oh, I'm that's another the... thing. Who's, you know what? You have healthcare proxies. Who is your ass wiper? Yeah. Do you have an official ass wiper? That's never a question I thought we'd have to ask. I'm wiping ass. I'm eating ass. Oh, I'm Lord. doing all that ass. Oh, all that shit. Oh, Lord. You can't be my ass wiper. Um, yeah. Nigga. Oh, shit, baby. It's looking wrinkly. That bitch has some corn. When when did you sneak out some Ew. corn last night? You can't wipe my ass. <laughs> bitch, we did not eat corn. You and your sister, y'all went to Taco Bell? Oh, hell no. Yo, you know, you know Guyan and I would get into some shit as old bitches. But, Fuck. <laughs> But that that's the whole thing that I that that I I realize, you know, that a lot of people's mental health that we deal with, that we battle with on an ongoing basis, de- wraps around unfortunately with fear and I feel like fear ultimately comes from this idea of death and darkness. Mm-hmm. Like they all go hand in hand and they limit our expectations and the, the way we're able to interact with the world around us. Right. If you're scared to die so much so, maybe you're not going to, you get what I'm saying? Like, you're not going to take that promotion because it might stress you out too much and you already have high blood pressure and it just, it's just not even worth it. When really it's like maybe taking that promotion and a little bit of extra work might have compensated for the stress you have over bills and stuff like that. It's like sometimes we use these things as a crutch and an excuse and it hinders it hinders us out of out of those fears whether they be irrational or rational and you saying that actually brings up something that i've all me being a conspiracy theorist i've always always tampered with you know like a lot of people really wholeheartedly wholeheartedly believe that the world like we could be living in a simulation like some Which people really insane, believe yo. that, and I don't think it's insane, but it's one of those. No, it's that, insane if it would be true. It is, point. but it's one of those that I feel like that. That's crazy that some people are they. They don't want to accept death and admit that this could end. 
but they're willing to accept that a nigga made us like a Minecraft server. You know, like things like that is like when I sit there and I think about it and just it 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 it, it boggles my mind how like humans fear this thing so much. You know, like that's just fucking crazy. That is really crazy. Like assimilation isn't crazier to you? Like that scares me. I would I would rather I would, I would be so fucking mad if I found out this whole thing was a simulation. I would rather believe that we are Actually, a miracle. Actually, would I be mad? I don't know. But my thing is what is a simulation? If a simulation is the body experiencing these you get what I'm saying, these sensations and our energy going through this, then I mean to an extent I could understand that. If we're going to elevate and do something else, and there's, again, we talked about the different dimensions and multi-universes and all these things. Like this, 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 this entity, this, this, this thing that we call life, this universe, this experience, we don't fully understand it. We right. really, truly don't. And I feel like that death barrier, like that is the door. That is the gateway to us understanding, you know. What is our place? What? Are, why are we here? Why did we come here? What do we do? Where do we go? The only way we know is when we get to this thing. Right. Because even then, like, prime, and this is one thing. Have you ever tried to remember and go as far back in your brain as possible? Yep. Like, and try and remember your first, first memory. Like, like really go back, back. There's a certain point that you can only go back to. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's like. A, it's like f f four years old. But even then, where it's like, but you Pushing knew. Five. So you existed for four years. You were on this planet. You were, you, fit, you know what I'm saying? You were kind of I just trusted here, motherfuckers. And you just did shit and you can't recollect none of it. Yep. So why couldn't that happen after? You know, like, yep. that, and that, that's just the way I think about it now, where it's just like anything is possible. Literally anything is possible. And the more, the more I think we explore self and we get rid of fear and we try and we keep pushing the barriers on things, we'll be able to understand life a little bit more. Mm -hmm. That's that's where I think it ultimately comes down to. But it, it goes, it, it's the ultimate thing that people have to accept that like living and death are two different things. You get what I'm saying? Like you-, you They're two you, sides of the same coin though. Yes, like yes, don't get me wrong. They're on the same coin, but they both don't exist at the exact same time. So you can't necessarily, like, like don't focus so much and go wholehearted on death. You get what I'm saying? When you're not realizing that, like, you can't be alive and be dead at the same time. You get what I'm saying? Like, that's what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. So while you're here, enjoy it. Embrace it. Do what you got to do. Go wholehearted. Because once that side of the coin comes up, ain't no going back. Right. And then you might, yeah, exactly. And I think that's oftentimes what people say whenever they do have those near-death experiences is like, I'm not judging myself for how I felt, but I wish that I wish that I would have done more with my life and having those feelings and accepting them and saying like, okay, all right, I respect myself. It is what it is. We're going to do better and doing better and actually, you know, taking care of those things and taking care of life and seeing the people you want to see and and saying those things that you wish you would have said it, it all makes a difference yeah and that's why like again like i always say like i i honestly like that's why like if it gets to a point if i can't live life like i just don't want to be here because it's like i, I want to be able to experience this with everybody i don't want to just be the experience mm -hmm. <laughs> i agree um i do I do think, like, as we're talking about this, though, it is 
semi-important to have a bucket list. And I know that sounds kind of corny, but to have a bucket list for some people is kind of stressful because they're like, mm, I'm never going to do it, so what's the point? And I think that already is somewhat of an issue. And I'll be really blunt about it. I think that that should be your first mental shedding. I'll call it a shedding because I think dying can be somewhat heavy. But I think that that's your first mental shedding because to have a bucket list should motivate you to live life in the moment. But I think the problem is, is people have changed the idea of a bucket list with a vision board. And I think they're both the same thing because your vision board, oh, I see. you know what I'm saying? Your vision board are your dreams, your aspirations. This is where you want to go. These are your goals. But if you think about it, it's like, if you think about that, that's what your bucket list is. These are your dreams, your goals, things that you want to do, you have to do to experience life before you die. Right. You know? And like, I, I think that that's, that's the difference. Like with this hippy dippy kind of shit that's happening recently, <laughs> People were more like, oh, I want a vision board and oh, blah, blah. Fuck that. Vision boards it. are important. No, they Call are. it hippy dippy you want. They're no, important. They are important, but it's the same thing where your vision board is your bucket list. Yeah. Because you want these things to happen before you fucking die. That's Touché. the biggest thing. Touche. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's the biggest thing, honestly. Yeah. And um, we won't, we don't, we're not going to really prolong this podcast. This is really just a conversation where we wanted people to understand like we we appreciate all the condolences we got we appreciate all the time and space people have given us we appreciate all the gifts all the love that everyone has shown towards grandma Mm -hmm. and all the amazing things that she's done it's greatly appreciated i agree but it's one of those things that like a lot of people don't want to talk about their emotions and how they're press you know processing and what they're going through and everything and like we were like, you know what? Let's just talk about it. Let's put it out there. Let's have fun. Let's joke, and let's peop- let's let people know that like be ready for this. Yes, you know, because th- at the end of the day, only two things are guaranteed in this life: taxes, taxes and death. And the last thing you want is to be met with a circumstance where you can't speak for yourself, and it's life or death. Yeah. You know, so you want your family to know what's best. You know, you want to be able to honor the people around you while they're alive and in death. And that's kind of the conversation we really wanted to have with people. There's Agreed. nothing wrong with these things. Death is inevitable. And everybody, we're, we're dying every second. But the thing is, we're also living at the exact same time. So shed your old skin. Be a better version of yourself every day. Because every day is a blessing. And it's a new day. And it's a new chance. Big facts. And there's one more thing I actually want to say real quick. And I had kind of had it as a motif throughout this podcast. And it's don't leave if don't leave a burden behind and that burden oftentimes is always funeral costs and what to do with their belongings sometimes if your belongings aren't taken care of right uh they can get repossessed by the state and i told puffy i wasn't going to talk too much about this and i'm not but i just want to let you kind of put it in your head if you have an estate if you have things in your possession that you want to be given to certain people you really do need to write a will you can have a living will and if you do do a living will and actually go through the process with a lawyer you will already be filling out a proxy form yes so these are all things again just be mindful of there are legal ways legal ramifications things of that nature that you have to do 
to do all these things. You know, I know some of y'all are ballers out there, got millions of dollars. Or you, you need and to you take hate, care of your shit. And you hate your kids and you want to give it to your little dog because your dog is the only thing that matters in life. And, and Princess has to have the best life. That's hilarious. You know, you just make sure that you, you do it right. That's all we say. Facts. And on that hilarious note, I want to leave you guys with a poem by Henry Van Dyke. And I think that it perfectly sums up the, the dying experience. I am standing upon the seashore. A ship at my side spreads, spreads her white sails to the morning breeze and starts for the blue ocean. She is an object of beauty and strength. I stand and watch her until at length she hangs like a speck of white cloud just where the sea and sky come to mingle with each other. Then somebody at my side says, there she is, she's gone, gone where? gone from my sight. That is all. She is just as large in mast and hull and spar as she was when she left my side, and she is just as able to bear the load of living freight to her destined port. Her diminished size is in me, not in her. And just at that moment, when someone at my side says, there, she is gone, there are other eyes watching her coming and other voices ready to take up glad shout here she comes and that is dying henry van dyke we appreciate you guys coming back for another amazing episode thank you guys for the support thank you for tuning in we love you motherfuckers and um we see you bitches next week <laughs> big facts peace out deuces